from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. And it's Thursday, May 18th, 2023. A great show for all of y'all today as we wrap up another exciting week for many cybersecurity practitioners. Exciting, tiring, a lot of different things going on. We've got some ransomware news. We've got some uh, significant exploits to talk about today, as well as some escalations in in, in the China-Taiwan uh, relationship that could hint at where the world is headed next. Um, and finally, some, some global workforce uh, uh, housekeeping you probably want to keep in mind here on this morning's show. So, Packed. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We are live on all of those, as well as you can catch us on your favorite podcast listening platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast is where you will find us. So go and check that out. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating when you're asked to rate the show. And without further ado, join me in the traditional morning salute. My double espresso, whatever you're drinking. I hope it powers you through this Thursday and clearly sailing you into friday and into the weekend coffee cup cheers y'all i love the thursday shows i don't know why all right scan source says a ransomware is behind a multi-day outage so it's the beginning of this week i've kind of been getting tips and bits and pieces here and there um through various media channels and and, and various individuals that listen to the show going hey james something's going on with scan source stuff's been really on the fritz well yesterday the uh, company came out and said that they are victims of a ransomware attack and it's impacting some of their uh, actual IT systems, uh, business operations, and customer portals. For those who don't know who ScanSource is, they're a US-based cloud service and SaaS connectivity and networking communication provider. They offer point of sale and payments, security and uh, automatic identification and data capture solutions for many organizations. They also happen to be the cloud service provider and education platform uh, Intellisys and the cloud distribu- distributor and managed service provider Inti with, with a Y at the very end, INTY. Um, starting around May 15th, ScanSource customers started asking around, hey, what, what the heck's going on? The company uh, said that they suffered a ransomware attack on the 14th that impacted some of the system. They began implementing their incident response plan, including alerting law enforcement and enlisting data, forensic and cybersecurity professionals. These experts... Um, are assisting with the ongoing investigations and are helping to implement uh, the uh, strategies to minimize operational disruption. The impact of the attack has been significant. However, as the company warns, there will be delays in provisions of services to customers in the forthcoming period expected to affect operations in North America and Brazil. The company is working diligently to bring these systems online. They regret the inconvenience. Um, For those that don't know, ScanSource is a Fortune 1000 entity traded on the NASDAQ their stock price fell one and a half percent as a result of the disclosure, which, by the way, isn't too bad. We've seen stock drop by five. So more information as it becomes available. The open source password manager KeePass has now a proof of concept exploit for the unpatched vulnerability that helps retrieve master passwords from the program's memory. The CVE's 2023-32784, the issue impacts KeePass 2.x versions and allows an attacker to retrieve the clear text master password from a memory dump. The flaw is exploitable even on workspaces that have been locked and are no longer running. The memory dump can be a key pass process dump like a swap file, page files.sys, or hibernation file, hiber 
file.sys or a RAM dump of the entire system, the first characters cannot be recovered according to a NIST advisory. The issue is that the custom developed text box that the keypass uses for password entry creates a leftover string in memory for each character typed, according to security researchers. Because of how the .NET works, it's nearly impossible to get rid of it once it's created. For example, when password is typed, it, was, it will result in these leftover strings, A-S, you guys see this on the screen, but for most of those, it spells password without the P, but at that point, that becomes pretty easy to guess that first letter. Um, the POC uh, exploit is called KeyPass uh, Master Password Dumper. It searches the memory dump for those patterns and retrieves them. So if you're using these, it becomes one critical to patch number two realizing that it's there you want to update and change all your 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 passwords otherwise uh, you could um, fall victim to this type of attack cisco also announced a patch for a critical severity vulnerability in their small business switches and warned a proof of concept code does exist and is targeting them publicly the impact is identified in the web-based user interface of the impacted switches the flaws can be exploited remotely without authentication execute arbitrary code with root privileges, the root cause of these issues, Cisco notes in the advisory, is the improper validation request sent to the web interface. These bugs can be exploited by sending a crafted request uh, through the web-based user interface. So four CVEs for this one, CV 2023-2015-9er, 2016-20161, 2018-9er. The vulnerabilities have a CVSS score of 9.8. Cisco has released software updates to address all four, along with five other high-severity flaws that can be can be also exploited by unauthenticated remote attacker via crafted requests. By the way, you don't need to take advantage of all four to, to do this. You can just take advantage of one and still be able to get all the access. This impacts the 250 series smart switches, the 350 series managed switches, the 350X and 550X series stackable managed switches with firmware versions 3.3.0.16 for business uh, 250 series smart switches and business 350 series managed switches um so you want to make sure you get those updated especially if you're an msp who's got those deployed the fbi is confirming the bnlen ransomware is switching from ransomware to extortion only attacks this is a joint advisory coming from uh, the fbi and australia it's published its iocs and ttps used by the bnlen ransomware group it's a data extortion group that's been targeting entities in the U.S. and Australian critical infrastructure since, Ju since June of last year. Part of the stop ransomware effort, according to the advisors, based on an investigation from the FBI and the ACSC uh, as of March of this year. It aims to provide defenders with information that allows them to adjust uh, protections and strengthen their security stance. Initially employed a double extortion model encrypting systems after stealing private data and then threatening to publish them. Ever since January, Avast released a decryptor for the ransomware. The group switched to extortion based on data theft without encrypting systems. The tactic is still compelling as, that incident, as the incidents are essentially data breaches that come with reputation damage on the victim's part, undermine customer trust, and introduce legal complications. Sysys Advisory warns that the breaches use valid RDP credentials, possibly purchased from initial access brokers or acquired through phishing. Being the, the land then uses a custom backdoor written in Go, commercial remote access tools, and command line and script for network reconnaissance. The last stage consists of exfiltrating victim data via FTP, the reclone tool, or the mega file hosting service to evade detection. VNLAN leverages PowerShell and the Windows command shell to disable running processes associated with any antivirus or EDR tools. 
There's several mitigations here, including ex uh, audit and control execution of remote access tools and softwares on your network, restrict usage of RDP and enforce stringent security measures, limit PowerShell usage. Some of these are realistic depending on your environment. Some are not. And so um, you definitely want to uh, make sure you keep up with this one. A UK-based threat intelligence company has conducted an analysis of posts published between February of last year to February of this year on cybercrime forum, dark websites, and marketplaces, and found many offer initial access into environments in the energy sector, including oil and gas and renewable energy firms in the US, Canada, UK, Italy, France, and Indonesia. Access is often uh, auctioned and includes RDP access, compromised credentials, or entry through a device of vulnerability. For instance, Fortinet products, uh, sellers share information on the type of organization and its revenue price ranges between as little as $20 to $2,500, depending on the target size, location, and potential of supply chain attacks. In many cases, uh, threat actors have offered access to corporate systems of energy companies. Some have offered access to other resources aimed at ICS and OT. And again, this is where deterrence has to be very clearly on, uh, on, on, on point here. Um, if you attack our energy sector, that's no different than a declaration of war, and there will be consequences to it. And the countries that host these um, hackers that sell this access and allow this type of attack should be warned as well. So there's that. China and Taiwan tensions are fueling, and there's a surge in cyber attacks on the small Taiwanese island. Malicious emails and URLs to malware, the strain between China's claim of Taiwan as part of its one China policy and Taiwan's maintained independence as a shining democracy has evolved into a worrying surge of attacks. The attacks, which have targeted a variety of sectors, mainly manufacturing, logistics, and networking, the volume, the surge volume was seen between April 7th to April 10th of this year. What's more is in the spike of emails targeting Taiwan have been followed by a 15-time increase in the PlugX detections between April 10th and April 12th indicating that phishing lures acted as initial access vector to drop additional payloads. PlugX, a remote access Trojan, spotted in the wild since 2008 as a Windows backdoor that has been put to use by numerous Chinese threat actors to control victim machines. It's also known for employing DLL side loading techniques to fly under the radar. And so Taiwan definitely on the radar there, and it seems like China is prepping its move on the island and potentially uh, escalating the global conflict there. And by the way, it'd, it'd be significant if China takes over Taiwan for, for a multitude of reasons. We won't get in, into him on this morning's show. I, I might do something on the side here on our YouTube channel, just exclusively to that on the China-Taiwan and what it would mean for many security practitioners um, and IT professionals, risk professionals. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I may, I may drop that next week. So Lemon Group is using millions of pre-infected Android phones to enable a cybercrime enterprise. Now, here's why this matters. You go, well, why does this matter? How many of us have an external third-party global workforce, even our own? How many of them go and buy cheap Android phones simply because of the economic situations they're in? Many. Many of these phones are coming infected with the Gorilla malware, um, and nearly 9 million of them have been given that when the phone rings, I didn't, I didn't put it on silent. That's, you know, I typically do that. All right. Apologize about that. So Lemon Group itself has claimed it has a base of nearly 9 million gorilla infected Android devices globally, and its customers can't abuse them in any way. Trend Micro believes that number is much, much higher. Researchers began unraveling the operation when they did forensics on the ROM images of some Android devices infected with malware dubbed 
Varela, their investigation showed the group has infected devices belonging to Android users in over 180 countries. More than 55% of victims are in Asia. Some 17% are in North America. Nearly 10% are in Africa. A while ago, I, I actually had this conversation with a, a group of CISOs from Africa who said the same thing. We get second and third party, uh, secondhand uh, used devices that come to sell that are smartphones that are typically infected with malware and are sold very, very cheap. And people buy them because they want a smartphone because that's the only device they can afford. And that's what we see there. So an old but evolving malware, the issue is now there. And it's something to keep in mind and put on your target. Who's getting access to our data overseas? What kind of phone are they using? Should you have some sort of uh, container uh, on those phones? You should be using some sort of MDM to begin with, but should you be even scanning those phones or should you now reconsider and potentially uh, ship these folks uh, a device you know you can trust uh, because this is significant? So just keeping that in mind here, um, the story here is just absolutely uh, mind-boggling. I've talked about it before um, years ago on the show. Um, we actually did a bunch of this stuff around the COVID uh, time period, uh, especially with remote work in Africa and in Asia. And so this was one of the bigger topics we talked about then. And now we're seeing this report come through and, uh, and it's significant. If you're a practitioner, it's something you want to keep in mind. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more 9 a.m. Eastern right here with all of your favorite Make sure to tune in, subscribe, and follow us. Share the show if you find it useful and you think it can help. Go to cyberhubpodcast.com to find all the latest. Until then, have a great week and have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.